Well, being that it's Mother's Day, I thought I'd take the opportunity to speak to all of our mothers. And uh, I'll tell you, it's kind of hard to speak to all the mothers because uh, every mother, each mother is in a unique time of their life. We have mothers in all different sections of life, so to address a certain section would leave out all the other sections. And so I'm going to try this morning... <coughs> excuse me, to address numerous sections in a mother's life. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to address, you know, kind of the entire motherhood, if we will. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but hopefully it will in a second. Uh, motherhood, guys, is a precious, precious thing. It really is something God designed since the very beginning of creation that a child would be formed within its mother's body and it would draw life from its mother's life. And that a child from the moment of conception would depend on the mother for his or her well-being. And the child needs the mother. We all, all know that. And so um, that whole bond between a child and its mother is a very real and amazing thing. And so when a couple gets married, often the very next thing that is discussed and talked about is, you know, uh, soon the, the husband and wife, they want to start a family. And uh, they want to start having children. And in a perfect world, that's what happens. But as you know, we don't live in a perfect world. Uh, many couples get married, and when they start to ha- go to have kids, you know, things don't go as planned. Um, things don't go right. There are complications. And, and I don't care who you are. Those can be some of the most difficult times in your life. Um, I remember when Sean and I, about a year into our marriage, she got pregnant and we were so excited. I mean, this is awesome. And told our parents and told our friends. And about a month into it, uh, she miscarried. And uh, just the, the emotions that surround that were so difficult. And then you have to tell everybody that, you know, you went through the miscarriage and it stirs up the emotions even more. And so we kind of got it through that. It was hard to see my wife suffer that as a husband. Then uh, about a year later, she got pregnant again. And once again, we were super excited. Uh, told our parents, told our friends. And uh, once again, about two months into the pregnancy, she, um, she miscarried again. And uh, was, I still remember to this day laying in the bed next to her while she was crying and just trying to put my arm around her and hold her and tell her it's going to be okay and just wondering why this was happening. And, you know, the thoughts start running through your mind about all sorts of different things. And about eight months later, she got pregnant again. And you, you, those of you who've been through this, you know it's kind of like you don't want to get excited. You don't want to let yourself, you know, get excited about, you know, what might be. And so just kind of tentative. And we're like, should we tell our parents? Should we not tell them? Should we tell our friends? Should we not tell them? And we decided, you know what, we're just going to tell them. And so um, we were, you know, people were excited for us. And close to about the three-month um, time frame, I came home from work and she was bleeding again, so we took her to the hospital and they says, hey, we still see a heartbeat. And so we were praising God, we were excited and uh, we came back three days later and they told us that the baby had died. And those were super difficult days um, to see my wife just grieving and going through all the emotions of like, what did I do wrong? You know, did I, did I exercise too much? Did I not eat right? Did I not sleep you know, long enough? What was going on? And all the emotions with that. And I remember some of the hardest things that you experience is that, you know, all your friends, they're getting pregnant and they're giving birth and, you know, they're, you know, making a big deal like, oh, I'm three months pregnant and stuff. And you want to be excited with them. You want to celebrate with them. But inside you're you're just feeling the pain of not being able to have children. 
And I remember my wife just, you know, we were talking about all the what ifs, like what if, you know, we can't have kids? What if, you know, this is going to always be the case and we won't be able to have children? And, and just, it was, it was a super difficult time. And, and I just want to say, if there are any women out there who are in this time of your life, who are having to endure this right now, where I talk about this and you're going, man, that's me. I feel that right now. I first of all just want to say I'm so, so sorry. Uh, my heart grieves for you. There, there are no words to make that all better, so I'm not going to try to, to say any words. But if I can gently remind you of this truth and to try to encourage you to dwell on this, I do think that it will bring some peace to your heart. I just want to say this. Being a mother is a wonderful thing. But I just want to say it's not the greatest thing. And what do I mean by that is this, that we so often we're on this side of the fence and we look on that side of the fence and we're like, man, if I could only have what's over there, everything would be perfect. And that applies to so many issues. You know, if I could only have this or only have that, uh, then things would be all perfect. If I could only get married, I'd be, you know, life would be perfect. If I could only have kids, things would be perfect. And let me tell you, uh, don't get me wrong, being a mother is a wonderful thing. It's a God-given desire. Every mother would tell you it's a wonderful thing. My wife, when she became a mother, it was so awesome to see that just come to pass. But I'll tell you, being, listen to me, mothers, being a child of God is far better. It's the best thing. Being a daughter of the most high God, being a daughter of the God of this universe is the greatest thing to ever experience. And, and I want to encourage you to learn to bask in that relationship because it is worth more than anything motherhood could ever bring you. You know, David... <clears throat> David said this in one of his psalms. He says, better is one day in your courts, one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And, and he's saying, you can pick anywhere in the universe and spend thousands of days there, but one day in your courts, God, is better than any of those. So if you could give me permission to say this this morning, there is nothing wrong with desiring to become a mother, but until you are... During this time, I would encourage you to draw as close as you can to our Lord. Bask in the greatest thing. Soak that reality up. Learn to, to grab hold of that reality first and foremost. And, and guys, just don't let fear you know, run your life. Don't let the fear of not, possibly not being a mother or the, the, the wondering if, you know, the what ifs, like what if I can't do this? What if I can't experience that? Don't let that rob you. Don't let the fear of that rob your, your joy of being a daughter of God. Guys, fear is not of God. And living in that kind of fear will destroy you. It just will. And so I want to simply encourage you in your pain to draw close to the Lord. There's a verse in Psalms that said this. You probably know this verse. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Fall in love with him. Cry out to him. Spend time with him. Make him your treasure more than anything else. Delight yourself in him. Now, I will say this. Don't just delight yourself in him in order to get the desires of your heart. No, just delight yourself in him. Make that your aim. Because when he is all that you have, I promise you, you'll realize that he's all that you need. 
Delight in him, experience him. This is a truth that when you learn to apply it in your life, it will apply to you know, whatever hardship you encounter. And I promise you, in your life, you're gonna encounter hardship after hardship after hardship. And you can either wallow and grieve and complain in your hardship, which will destroy you, or you can delight yourself in him. Don't focus on the what ifs. Instead, delight yourself in the Lord. And when you do... He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I hope that somehow encourages you today. Now, some of you women right now are on the very front end of motherhood. You are pregnant with your first child, and things are so exciting. You get all the little, you know, maternity books, the pregnancy books, and you're reading through it, and you're seeing that, like, week four, your child is the size of a little pea, and then the next thing, it goes into the size of a bean, and then it's like the size of a tennis ball, and, you, you know, it's, you're picturing that, and it's so exciting. And I just, can I just say, soak these moments up because they are precious. The giver of life has placed a life inside of you, and I want you just to soak that moment, these moments up. And I know you might be having morning sickness, and, and your body may be you know, preparing to give birth, and it's just hurting and stretching and all the pains that come with that, but try to set that aside and just soak these moments up, every moment of it. And fathers, you enjoy it too. Husbands, I'll warn you, as you start to approach the end of pregnancies, your wife is going to kick into go mode. They call it nesting syndrome. And let me tell you, any project that's ever been talked about in the house, it's going to need to get done because you got to get ready for that baby. And they will get serious about it. They will start fixing and doing everything. And if you have any jobs on your list, make sure you get it done because that'll make her happy. I remember when our firstborn was coming along, I made this decision like, oh, I'm going to make the crib for our babies. It's going to be an awesome thing. Didn't realize how much work that was going to take and how much sanding and staining and all that junk. And, I, you know, it was taking me a long time. We were getting close to being about a month away. And my wife, she kind of put her foot down and says, you better get this thing done. Get this crib done. We need to get the room done. You need to get the painting done. You need to get the drywall done. You need to get all these things done in order for, you know, to be ready for the child so that the room, that the child's room would be all ready. Turns out when the baby was born, she slept in a bassinet for five months alongside of our bed. We didn't even use the bedroom, so I would have had that time to do that. But husbands, get the stuff done. You'll make your wife happy. But it's a wonderful time. And I, I just simply want to say, enjoy it to the fullest. There's a verse in Psalms 139, and, and if you've been part of Whitestone for any amount of time, you've heard me quote this a lot, but it says this. It says, for you created me, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Mothers, I'd encourage you to dwell on that. Meditate on that. Realize that that little one growing inside of you is a creation of God, and God's works are wonderful. He's knitting that little child within you. And as you sit there and you feel that little girl, that little boy move inside of you, understand that God created that little one with a purpose. And I would encourage you to speak to your child. Even though it's in your womb, speak to it. Let him or her know how great your God is. Let him or her know that you serve a great God. Pray for her. Pray for him. Enjoy this time. It's a wonderful time in motherhood. Now, I want to speak to you mothers who have several small children. You, you've had your first child, and you've enjoyed, you know, experienced the joys of that and all the newness of it. Then you had your second child, and then you had your third child. And 
if you're crazy, you've had a fourth child and a fifth child, and on and on it goes. Um, I remember I was listening to Jim Gaffigan. I don't know if you've heard of Jim Gaffigan. He's a comedian. And they had their fourth child. And he makes a joke about it. He goes, if you want to know what it's like to have a fourth child, it's a little bit like this. Picture that you're in this huge raging river and you're drowning. And somebody, I mean, you are drowning. Somebody hands you a baby and goes, here you go. That's what it's like having a fourth child. Now, I wouldn't know. I've never had a fourth child, but uh, I thought that was funny. <clears throat> but of course, every child is a gift. But all of you mothers right now who have multiple small children in the house, you're experiencing a unique time in life, and it isn't easy. I remember when Sean and I moved to Conemwalk from Waukesha, and we, uh, when I became one of the pastors here at this church, and, and we bought this really old house because I'm like, oh, I can fix this up. And uh, we bought this super old house, and uh, we had two little kids, and Shauna was pregnant with her third, and like an idiot, I bought a puppy too. And I remember those days. It's hard to forget those days. Um, three tiny little kids, two are in diapers, houses in the midst of absolute chaos. Um, we're, puppy is pooping all over the place. It's ridiculous. And Shauna's, you know, desperate for need of adult time. Kids are fighting. Kids are crying. And, and I remember thinking to myself during those times, I'm like, man, what have we done? You know, it's just like, this is crazy. This is a crazy time. And, you know, there's no human, humane society you can take your kids back to. I mean, they're there for good. And you, you can't just say, hey, I didn't know diapers were going to cost this much. And I didn't know we were going to go through so many. Or like, I didn't know that um, boys like to pee in heat vents and you have to clean it out every week. Um, true story. Um, I didn't know little Polly Pocket doll things that girls play with destroy vacuum cleaners. Um, on and on. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, once you have a child, they're yours. You're a parent for life. I remember somebody told me, he said, Luke, once you have kids, just plan on being tired for the next 18 or 19 years. And boy, that's dead on. That's so true. And some of you mothers are in the thick of it right now with having a, a multiple small kids, and it's utterly exhausting. The only time that you have alone is when you shut the door and you're going to the bathroom. And you're just like, oh, it's just so good to be alone. The kids may be beating on the door. You're like, leave me alone. And I get it. <coughs> Sorry. Now to top it all off, in the midst of all this chaos and this hardship as a mother, you're being told that you need to grow your walk with God. We need, you need to have devotions. Thanks, Eric. You need to have devotions. You, you need to have prayer time. You need to be studying the Bible. You need to be part of life groups. You need to be part of Bible studies and all that's you know, involved with church. And then it's crazy. Luke, he, he preaches a sermon, and after the sermon, he gives you homework that you're supposed to do. And then the next week, he asks you, did you do your homework? And, and this is where you're at, and you're like, how in the world can I do all these things when I have all these small kids just constantly grabbing at me? It's a very difficult time, and I get it. And if that's where you're at, I totally get it. But if I can encourage you with this, I love this verse in Isaiah. And I want you to just soak this up, mothers. This is talking about God. It says he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs into his arms and he carries them close to his heart. And listen to this next phrase. He gently leads those with young. And I love that verse. He gently leads those who have young. 
Guys, if there's anyone who knows your life, it's God. He, he knows how hard it is. He knows how tired you are. He knows how things get hectic, and he knows the exhaustion of having young children. He gets it, and so know this, mothers. Listen to me. He is gently leading you, gently leading you. And I know you might not think he is, but he is. So in the midst of your chaotic life, simply acknowledge that. Simply sit back in your crazy day and say, okay, God, I know that you're here. I know that you love me. And I know that you're leading me. You're gently leading me. Thank you. Help me to recognize that throughout my day. Because I love you, God. And I encourage you to take time to do that in your day. It's okay. You don't have to have two hours of devotion and five hours of prayer and two hours of memorization, all that. <clears throat> you don't need to do all my homework that I give you. There's going to be time in the future to do all that stuff. Right now, you got little kids. And just be aware that God, he's leading you. He's gently leading you. He hasn't abandoned you. And so hang on to that truth in the midst of this tough time. Now, there are some of you mothers who have children who are in their teenage years. And I know so many people tell us like, oh, my word, you know, I hated the teenage years. You know, when I had little kids, I'd be walking like through the grocery store and people like, man, enjoy them while they're young because when they become teenagers, they turn into the devil. And it used to like freak me out like, holy smokes, you know, that's kind of crazy. But I, I'm just here to tell you that my, the teenage years of my kid's life, they were precious years. I loved them so much. Now, don't get me wrong. It's hard. It's super hard. Our, as our kids get older, they start to pull on their ropes and, and they, they want more slack and they want more freedom. And it's hard to know when to let go and give them some more slack or when to jerk, jerk the rope back. And, and it, it's hard because as adults, we know the dangers. We, we know that some of the decisions that they make, if they make a bad decision, they will have lifelong consequences. We know all this, so it's hard. And so out of fear, it's so easy to want to hang tightly to these ropes and never let any ropes out, never give any slack to our kids. And I get that. I mean, that was me. I, I was terrible at that. I mean, as a pastor, I heard all the horror stories of what happens and all the difficulties, you know, people go through. So my kids, I'm like, you can't do that. Nope, you can't do that. And I'm hanging all these ropes. I'm like, I'm not going to let any slack out. And I remember my wife telling me one day, she says, Luke, you can't lead out of fear. You can't let fear dictate your decisions. You need to let God. And so I would encourage you, you mothers, along with you fathers, don't make decisions out of fear. Make decisions because you feel like that's what God wants you to do. And we all know the verse. So often we don't really live by it, but here's the verse. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. And do not lean on your, under, uh, your own understanding in how much of your ways? All of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Lord, should I let out more rope in this situation or not? Lord, what do I do here in this situation? What should I say? How should I act? What is best for my child? You love my child far more than I do. What do I do? Ask him, don't let fear run the show. Fear is not of God. Make a habit of going to the Lord in all your decisions when dealing with the kids. I did not do that. I think I made some big mistakes with my kids because I let fear dictate it. 
But God is a perfect dad and he knows exactly what to do. So ask him. Don't let the teenage years be horrible years. Let them be enjoyable years with your children because you're asking God what to do. And so mothers enjoy these times. They're precious years. Now, there are some mothers who have hit the empty nest years and your children are all moving out. Except for the coronavirus, they've probably all moved back in again. Um, but you know what I mean. Your, your children have become adults and they're moving out of the home, leaving the nest. And I don't care what anyone says, it's always harder on the mother than it is the father. I mean, maybe not always, but most of the time that's the case. But uh, so many mothers that I know, when the children leave home, they go through a real identity crisis. Because being a mother was so much of who they are that when the children leave, they didn't know who they were anymore. They, they plug themselves so much into their kids' lives that when the kids all leave, they look at their husband and they're like, man, who are you? They don't know how to interact well with their husband. They've, they've invested so much into their kids that it became their identity. And, and when the kids leave, it's a very weird situation. And for some mothers, this is incredibly difficult. And it's a strange, strange time in their lives. And, and mothers, I just want to say that if you are in the midst of this, going through this right now in your life, listen to me. Hear this right now. Being a mother is a responsibility. It's not your identity. It's simply a responsibility. It's not your identity. If you make being a mother your identity, then I'll tell you, when your kids leave the home, you're not going to know who you are. You're going to flounder around and wonder what your purpose is. But what you need to remember, mothers, is that your identity, truthfully, is that you're made in the image of God. You are an image bearer of God himself. You are created in his image. You are a daughter of God. And I promise you, if you focus on that, it will change everything. And guess what? That identity will never be taken away from you. It just never will. That is who you really are. And if you can cling to that and live that out and make that your foundation, whether kids are home or they're not, it doesn't matter because your children are not your identity. Being an image bearer of God is. So mothers, please keep that in mind. You have no idea how important that is. It's absolutely huge. Now, there's a last group of mothers I want to talk to, and it's those of you who are older mothers. You may be a grandmother right now. Your children have already grown. They have children of their own. And you know, I find that it's so easy for mothers in this category to start to think that they really just have no more purpose in life. And, and I know the enemy does his best to try to reinforce that thought process to make you think that you're less important, you're less useful, you know, less anything. That's just how he works. But if you're an older mother listening in this morning, in this, you're in this specific time of life, man, I just want you to understand that nothing could be further from the truth. You are so needed at this time. You know, one of the most common things when I meet with younger mothers um, in my office, one of the most common things I hear is that they desperately wish that there was an older godly woman in their life who could plug into their life and that they could lean on, they could learn from, and that would guide them. And so older mothers, 
those who love Jesus, I I want you to know, please don't think your usefulness is over. It's not. Of course, you're always going to have your kids who are going to need you, but so do so many other younger mothers need you. And I would encourage you to plug into the lives of younger mothers around you. Your experience is invaluable. Share your mistakes with them. Share your successes with them. Share them the traps that they may encounter in their life. Protect them from the blunders that you made in your life. Help them and instruct them. Pray with them. Pray for them. Uh, help, you know, teach them, you know, what it means to be a helpmate to their husband. How to love their husband the way God would want them to love them. How to serve. You know, a major portion of Titus chapter 2 is a plea to older women to come alongside younger women to instruct them in godliness. And younger women are craving this in their life whether they even know it or not. And so older mothers, ask God to show you where and with whom you could plug into someone's life because I want you to know the impact that you could have in these women's life could have eternal ramifications, amen? They will go on for eternity. And so mothers, in all your different walks of life, whether you're on the front end or you're on the back end, I just want you to know we honor you today. May God give you the strength and the courage to face the challenges of each specific period of life you're in. And I I want you to know, listen to me right now, may you understand how precious you really are. We love you and we thank God for you. You are such an important part of the Whitestone family and you need to know that this morning. And the rest of us who are listening, I encourage you, honor your mothers today. Whether you're a little kid or you're an adult, make sure you tell your mother how much you love her, how special she is. And if your mother is not with us today, man, take the time to thank God for your mother. Let him know how thankful you are for her because she plugged into your life. Husbands, honor the mother of your children. Thank her. Wrap your arms around her. Tell her how beautiful she is, how special she is. Make this a day to bless her. And you, you know, some husbands say, well, she's not me, my mother. No, she's the mother of your children. Honor her. Let her know how much you love her. And all you mothers out there, just please know how thankful we are for you. Let me pray for you right now. And some mothers, just, just, just sit there, put your hands out if you want, and I just want to ask that God would bless you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every mother who is listening to this message right now. I pray that you would just pour out your blessing upon them. God, there may be some who are hurting, some who are wounded, some who are sad, some who are in pain, some who are facing a new challenge in life. Whatever the situation, God, you are there. And I pray that you would wrap your arms of a loving Father around them and that you would hold them. Whisper the words of truth they need to hear from you. God, may they understand how precious it is of what it means to be a mother. May they take that responsibility seriously. But God, may they only realize that it's a responsibility. It's not their identity. Their identity is that they are your child and they're made in your image. So God, bless them today. May you pour out your love and goodness on all of them. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.